0: You're listening to The Fearless Kitchen Podcast. And now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. Welcome to The Fearless Kitchen, brought to you by worldpodcast.com. Hey, Anthony. Hey. Nice to speak to you. Definitely. So I came through the market just wandering because I'm staying in South Yarra over from New Zealand and I'd been interviewing Jimmy and Nahida and eating their delicious Turkish delight, which by the way, doesn't taste like Turkish delight, does it? No,
1: it tastes like real fruit flavours. It's, it's amazing. M- incredible texture.
0: Yeah. And then I came past and credit to your staff, one of your girls who was working, stopped me and said, hi, and you know, have you seen what we've got here and do you know what's going going on. And then I saw the classes and I went, oh my God, this is really cool. And I went back to the apartment and looked up your website and went, oh my God, this looks amazing. This guy's doing really cool stuff. Yeah. So, yep, emailed you and hoped that I could get a little spot in today's class. Which was fantastic, by the way, like so much information in one hour, my head was spinning and really yummy cheeses. Yeah. So, well done to Thank start you. the podcast, congratulations, but share your story. How on earth did you end up selling cheeses <laughs> and doing raclette at Paran Market?
1: Yeah, I um, believe it or not, I studied applied finance at Macquarie Uni and um, from there, we just got a weekend job at a, a, a food market and... Uh, just absolutely loved cheese. Um, mum, Mum's side of family have always been involved with food. Uh, her cousins had a very famous shop in Sydney uh, in Crow's Nest called uh, Five Star Gourmet. Oh, really? And it was there and I guess at the dinner table that the passion of food was awoken. Um, and I wanted to make a, a commercial decision to, to take her love and her side of the family's love of food to the, the next level. And um, dad, wasn't really happy that I was leaving applied finance, graduating, and, and not <laughs> doing anything with that certificate. But it's it's on my wall and it looks good. And uh, but no, in all seriousness, I started working in a yeah, just in a cheese counter when I was twenty. Uh, graduated from university, took myself to the slow food cheese festival uh, in Bra, which is on again this year. It's on every two years, and that's the the home of cheese. Uh, it started off quite small about twenty years ago. And now it's to a point where they get, yeah, over 200,000 people, uh, visitors from around the world, tasting incredible cheese. It's, it's the, the holy grail. And from there, I decided that's it. I, wanted to, I want to work with cheese. I love educating people. I love the flavors. I love changing people's perceptions of what it is that they consume. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's hard work, hospitality, like standing on your feet, uh, talking to over 300 people a day. But... The thrill of them coming back and saying, hey, that recommendation or that's the best toast you've ever had or love the vibe, that that makes it and and that Mm. makes it for everybody that that works with us and and that's why I love um Peran market it's 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 a bustling market on the weekends and there's some incredible traders here that have been here 30 40 years and just their wealth and knowledge of the local community and how much it's changed the seasonality of some of their products it's it's a great area to always keep learning like every day if you're not learning about Yarra Valley strawberries that are in winter compared to Queensland glasshouse ones that are available all year then yeah you're, you're in a rut so it's 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 a great learning experience, and and the w- world of cheese has and, and allowed me to be a part of the the history of this this market. It's it's the oldest in Melbourne. It's one hundred and fifty three years old, and I hope in fifty years time, if it's still not if it's still here and it's not bloody high rise apartments, hopefully oh, I better on the wall. not be.
0: <laughs> it better not
1: be. There's a lot of development in South <laughs> Yarra. There is. There, there's an I think twenty thousand new residents that are coming in the next three years. So. Hopefully they um, they keep the purity of this, this marketplace. And well,
0: hopefully the new residential... I'm staying in Claremont Street in an oh, apartment yeah. and it's all apartments down there now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a changing face. I think the thing that I have have realised about that around this area though, which is cool, is that every apartment block is being built in quite a different style. Yeah. So you're still getting that Melbourne architecture stuff happening, which Definitely. thank goodness it doesn't yeah. look like a Singapore yeah. east coast of kind of like every single block looking exactly the same. Exactly. So that's good. But yeah, very vertical feeling around the place, which yeah. is unusual for Australia. But hopefully, you know, if they can keep this market going, I mean, you're going to have that massive amount of trade. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it'll be it'll be amazing for us. Like, I've got a dream to, to open up in a really interesting cheese shop where we're a quarter of the way there and um, hopefully by this time next year um, we'll have that and that's when a, quite a few apartments will be up and running. And it's not just the locals. I mean, this market we get... 95% of our customers within 5 kilometers of, of this market but we hope with what we offer and, and the style of shop um, the complete cheese experience that will gain national customers um, we have every opportunity to do that with the purity of our, our products mm. uh, the tourists that come into the into Melbourne and um, yeah it's, it's exciting times and it's it's been an incredible I guess 10 years in, in cheese for me um, so
0: before, because you've been open here, what for three years?
1: Uh, no, no, a year and a almost oh, sorry, two years. Oh, sorry, eighteen
0: months. You said yeah, yeah. eighteen
1: months. So wow. um, before that, um, so let's go back to to I guess high uh, university. So I worked in a uh, yeah, just a little deli. Um, came back from Italy, um, where I'd stay with a couple of different um, parmesan cheese producers, some Parmigiano Reggiano, as well as some balsamic vinegar producers, and 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 they're fascinating as well. Um, the, the battery of barrels, so the, the the series of barrels that they have, different woods, different sizes, and, and the different years that the vinegar spends in those barrels to determine the flavor. Wow. Um, and, and right there and then in, with that particular family, I realized just the history of, of these food products, whether it be vinegar, wine, uh, cheese, Just and I wanted to respect that. And I, I came back to Sydney and... And picked the best shop I knew, um, Simon Johnson, and yep. um, got a job at Castle Crag, and, which is no longer there. But that shop that had uh, it wasn't the best pay, um, but um, the people working there were incredible. Like Belinda Jeffries, that famous chef um, from, I guess, uh, Better Homes and Gardens, mm-hmm. and 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 that type of fame. Her sister worked there. Um, we had another lady who. Who was one of the original 1980s um, TV chefs? We had an up-and-coming food photographer, a, a, a gentleman whose brother makes made Stilton in Nottinghamshire. Wow! So the community of staff that worked there was just food. We all talked and lived ate, and breathed food. That's it. So if we weren't serving customers, we were tasting things, and, and the fire really was awoken in that in that time, and. Um, I was approached by a uh, family in, in Mossman in the north, north shore of uh, Sydney to open up a shop with them called Fourth Village Providence. And uh, that was a huge project, a massive, massive project. Four years of planning and building, and we put a walk in cheese room. And there I was able to manage my first cheese shop on my own. And yep. I picked what I loved, like uh, on the seasons. And I made a decision right there and then that. Not through arrogance, but through uh, a form of, I guess, authority, I was going to educate people away from just buying triple cream brie and cheddar yeah. every weekend to experiencing Swiss Alpines in winter, fresh goat's cheeses in summer, you know, incredible funky wash rinds in the colder weather as well. If you're doing a duck and pinot night, getting an Epoise to go with that. And it was great. We we had a great community of customers up there and, and I loved it. And from there I won a um uh Cheesemonger of the Year Award in, in Sydney oh, and, wow. and earned a scholarship. I didn't even realise it was such an award. It was pretty cool. That's I, um, awesome. Yeah. So, I proved to dad that, you know, even in the food industry, you can get certificates. Exactly. So, um, Not to
0: mention, I'm sure your finance training comes in. Yeah. Um, oh, very yeah. helpful for running a business. Definitely. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, From there, I got a scholarship to come down to Victoria to work for two weeks at Holy Goat Farm in Sutton Grange. Oh, cool. And so, they're, they're the pinnacle of cheesemakers here in, in our country. They The holy trinity of the, the land, the animals and their products that they, they love so much, Carla and Anne-Marie, and, and they've trained so many cheesemakers as well, so to, to learn from them, it was a real incredible experience, like each of their 120 goats, or now they're I think about 180, but each one's got their own lo- uh, name, they can recognize them just by sight, their mannerisms match the name, and, and they're like family, like goats that's are cool. intelligent, they are sometimes pain in the bums when they're young, <laughs> any finger that's hanging around, they think it's a little teat and they want to nibble on it. Um, any loose piece of clothing gets demolished if it's not uh, on can, your body. Yeah. So, but what those ladies were able to teach me in those two weeks, I, I made a decision. I wanted to come to Melbourne, and and on the on the goals lists was Richmond Hill Cafe and Larder. It was Australia's first proper cheese room. Okay. Uh, Randolph Hodgson, the the owner of Nils Yard Dairy, uh, came out twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago this year with Will Studd. Um, to build this cheese shop and it was Stephanie Alexander's restaurant Mm -hmm. and so everybody in the food industry all said if you want to reach the top of cheese you have to work there and I was lucky they contacted me they they found out through Holy Goat that I wanted to move to Melbourne and they made a decision to to redirect their cheese room Um, and I was lucky enough to come down it took two months of talking to mum and dad. Uh, we're a close, near Italian family. <laughs> Clearly, own, I was
0: going to say, oh, we have yeah. to talk about your ethnicity because a, people yeah. listening will be like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Italian. Half, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like the flight's an hour, <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes, basically, and still, that was heartbreaking for them. Yep. Dad didn't believe me. I was moving until he had to drop me off at the airport. <laughs> and he How old he were he, you? Uh, 25. That was very young for an Italian it to leave the very house. Young. Very young. My brother <laughs> was 33. <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. Yeah, my brother was 33 before he bloody moved out of home. Oh, um really So funny. Richmond Hill was a, an eye opener. It, it taught me affinage or cheese maturation with that purpose built room. And so it was no longer giving customers cheese, it was nurturing cheese. To, to the point of being ready and then letting customers know to come and taste it. So wow. I loved it. We we redeveloped Richmond Hill. It it doubled its its turnover and and we respected the history of the, the place. We had people like Will Stud coming in who had originally set it up and hadn't been there for about 14 years coming back and and loving the direction. And um, unfortunately the owners who brought me down they sold the business after a year and a half of me being there. Um, and it was time for me to, to challenge myself. I, um, I went over to New York to the Cheesemonger Invitational there. Wow. Um, that's an amazing experience. It's,
0: were it's, you blown away as these yeah, things were, each, each oh, thing was happening yeah, to I you? Yeah, I
1: every time. Like, it was just, and i would never been overseas for, for work, so yeah. to go to New York to compete amongst 40 Cheesemongers from around America, well, the thing I loved about it was the, the community. It wasn't a competition, it was a, it was a celebration. and. Mm. Over here, it's because it's such a small industry, a lot of people are super competitive and um, just it's not pure. In America, it was everyone was getting drunk together, everyone was loving cheese together, everyone was swapping ideas, even if they were in New York. I mean, yeah, they do have a higher population, so you're not really competing, but it was just a pure community. They're, they've got a, a collection called the Barnyard Collective. Uh, You get given an animal, uh, whether it be a cow, goat, sheep, or a variety of that, and and you're part of this community set up by a gentleman named uh, Adam Moskowitz. Uh, He's calling himself Mr. Moo. Uh, Every year he wears a cow onesie, and he was instrumental. He's this small, like I think he's what, five and a half foot, uh, but he's this huge Jewish Brooklynite personality. So, the world evolves around cheese in in his eyes and he's just brought so many incredible people together, whether it be a a traditional cheesemaker in France who never thought America could sell cheese Mm. to myself in Australia, who never thought I'd be in America competing against cheesemongers and did well. I came 10th. I was was in the running for the top three until my cream curdled and... um,
0: did you literally have to make it on the spot?
1: Oh, no, it was a whole series of events that, different things. that a cheesemonger does, like cutting cheese to the right, correct weights, wine right. uh, tasting, making the perfect plates, uh, introducing yourself to a warehouse of 3,000 screaming drunk people. You had to present perfectly. It was all these different wow, things that we go that's through. that's so cool. Yeah, it's an amazing challenge. It's it 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 breaks up the the everyday mundane of of scraping cheese, cutting cheese to order. It it sets you as a challenge. Like it's uh, you achieve greatness through respect of your craft, and mm. it, it's fantastic. So
0: and pushes the boundaries for some who may yeah. be really good with cheese, but can't yeah. possibly educate someone else because exactly. they're too scared to even look them in the eye. Exactly. And you've got others who are great presenters, but haven't yeah. done their homework properly no. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what uh, happened
0: to your curdling?
1: Uh, I made, uh, there was a perfect pairing you had to do at the end. They gave us blue cheese. So, I made um, just some chocolate biscuits. Um, a week before, they gave you the opportunity to practice for a week. So, I made the chocolate cookies and I was uh, going to um, uh, mash the blue up into a, a cream like uh, an Oreo. So, make a, mm, a, a blue yum. cheese Oreo and then have that with um, um, cognac-infused cream in a siphon. But I'm not a pastry chef, and I didn't realize alcohol and and, and cream in a siphon uh, curdles. So (laughs) when I went to do that in front of the 3,000, it just came out like a little pitter-patter. It's like, wow. I said, well, now I know what Starbucks coffee tastes like, and (laughs) that helped, but... (laughs) <laughs> not not for the judges. And the judges were some incredible people from France. So, yeah. Bummer. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So, I came 10th. But it was a, it was an amazing experience. And I made lifelong friends yeah, still hang out with. I, I love every year to be able to uh, – I save up every year to go for four weeks somewhere in, in, in the world. And, and it's usually wherever these guys are going, whether it's the guys from New York, San Fran, London – Switzerland's. I, I, we, we all hang out as a community. We'll go to a cheesemaker, we'll make cheese, we'll go to an affineur, we'll, we'll flip cheese. Because you can never learn enough, yeah? No, it's lifelong learning on this exactly, stuff. Exactly, the yeah. thousands of cheeses that are available, your palate's always changing as you get older, and, and things like sake, Japanese whiskey, artisan beer, all these things as well. So the pairings are just unrivaled and it's just this incredible thing and and, and, and now they're finally waking up to themselves the food authorities and realising that sugar's a problem and and, and not so much fat so cheese is now back on the menu for a lot of yeah Yeah, exactly Um, so yeah and um
0: are there still the snobs in the food world? So I'm in the in the cheese world, so I'm like in the food writer sort of world yeah. um, and content creation and you've got the very old school who don't want to know, yeah. like they're like, oh, podcast, oh, blogging, yeah. you know, that's who are you, who do you think the you pe- are? And you've got that very kind of like we want to keep it to ourselves, we don't want to share, it's our we own that knowledge because we've spent years acquiring it. Who yeah. are you to think you're going to acquire it from me? Yeah. Then you've got people like you and I who are much more, we're going to learn from you. We'll give you what we can and let's be collaborative. Yes, yeah. we're in competition for our money, you know, yeah. to try. But at the end of the day, we're never going to grow if we don't become collaborative. No, exactly. But it, does it still exist in the cheese yeah. world like that too?
1: Yeah. Um, I hope you don't have too many older customers, but it's generally the people over 50 in our industry. Yeah. Um, And because we were such a small industry 10, 15 years ago, any intellectual property you may have had back then was your bread and butter. There was no collaboration. It was at a cost, I will help you. And Mm. it's very disappointing. Like our cheese industry um, started off like that where a lot of people wanted to make cheese and there was one dairy school. Uh, This gentleman's now in New Zealand and it's it's very famous what he did. He would charge people $1,000.00. Um, just to learn the basic industrial brie but he wouldn't teach you everything and you'd have to get him back in again and this is not a generalization this is this is fact it yeah. was very very annoying to to hear these stories from a lot of cheesemakers who put everything on the line mm. to then have to say yeah I had to then get this guy to come back and spend another thousand or so dollars just to teach me how to fix this so what in hindsight, what we should have done was what American cheesemakers did and, and that was make the conscious effort to to sacrifice and and, and go overseas to to Europe and, and learn and watch and, and understand and, and and learn a little bit dairy science like science is important cheese making is essentially spoiling milk and and, and uh, creating a product out of it and if you can learn the the dairy science behind it, whether it be you know the the pH of your cheese, your your flock time, which is where the cheese cur- the milk curdles. If you can understand your milk, the DNA makeup, you can understand flavour. If you can understand your soil, what minerals goes in it, you can understand the diet of your your animals. So, it's it's this alchemy approach of science, intuition, and, and knowledge. And the best cheese makers around the world. In, put all three in to practice Mm. like probably the best cheesemaker i've ever visited was in vermont uh, jasper hill cellars up in greensboro vermont their practices they're teamed up with the microbiological department in uh, harvard university and they're changing thousands of years of thinking in terms of what's on the rinds of our cheeses why is the dna of washed rind bacteria the same as barnacles in the ocean. Is it salt? No, it's it's something else. And um, uh, the lady that they've teamed up with is uh, Rachel Dutton. Uh, for all those Netflix watchers out there, she was featured in um, uh, Michael Pollan's uh, oh, Fire. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. So he visited her. Yep. She She's even more famous for the work she did with David Cheng at Momofuku with all the ferments that he does. Oh. Okay. Yeah, she's a lovely, lovely lady. We we did a um, a bush walk together in in Vermont, uh, up to a uh, famous peak uh, there, and the whole way we just spoke uh, micro- microbials and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's classic, incredible, like.
0: classic, the yeah. science of it all. Yeah, and I
1: she love it. she wasn't food based; she was just a, she was a scientist who who had a a holiday, and her friends lived in Vermont, and she just went up to Jasper Hill and said, "Hey, I'm a microbiologist. Do you guys need any help?" and the rest is history. Three That's years later. Amazing. Yeah. And they've had a lot of people doing PhDs there. And, and, and they share like Matteo uh, Keller. There's Andy and Mateo. They're the famous brothers. Mm-hmm. He's got a very, very positive saying. And I've adopted it here at the market. It's the tide rises all ships. And it's very important that, our, that in, in any industry understands that, that you grow together. Yeah, you have totally. to. Like, you can make money through concentrating on your own. But you grow together, whether it be troubleshooting, um, say you've stuffed up a a raw milk cheese and it's a a white mold and somebody else makes it. Let them know. Don't let them experience the same mistake. Mm. Share that knowledge. Oh, totally. Yeah. And uh, Vermont just had their annual cheesemakers festival that they have at the Shelbourne. Um, estate uh, that was built by the Vanderbilt's. Um, they're the famous family of New York. And yes. <laughs> it's huge. And it's just all these incredible small cheesemakers from Vermont that just celebrate Northeast Kingdom cheese. Uh, in France, you have a gentleman by the name of Ivan Lacher who's like the cheese ninja, they call him. He knows the goods and bads about every style of cheese. And uh, he wa- works all through um, uh, England at the... Uh, uh, Wel- is it the Welbeck Welbeck Institute I think in Nottinghamshire uh, that's a Prince Charles funded um, institute that helps uh, people learning agriculture uh, he works there in uh, Vermont as well uh, he, he some of the, the greatest new world cheeses especially in Australia New Zealand England and America he has had some form of help for that and he's this great guy 33 year old he was lucky enough that in, in uh, sorry in France they have a dairy college so when you finish school you can go to a dairy university.
0: That's amazing.
1: And that
0: would have been more fun than your finance course. Oh, it would've
1: been a lot more fun. <laughs> I would have been I would have known exactly how to milk a cow. I am um, listening
0: to you though. You're obviously so passionate about it and I you. can't even understand how you even ended up doing finance. Oh uh, because it was the right thing to do? Because it seemed like the right yeah, thing to do seemed like, uh, at post-school? That's just what you do?
1: Yeah, like yeah. every 16-year-old, I had the, the grand plan of retiring when I was 30. Oh, and, uh, okay, as a millionaire with the great yeah. car.
0: and Yeah, 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 okay.
1: Yeah. And, Typical and, boy dream. Yeah, half my friends were... <laughs> I was there, Basically, it was every time I caught the bus into the city, I'd look at the Macquarie Bank building yep. and I'd be like, I want to work there. Yeah, I want to be in a
0: nice suit with yeah. my shiny shoes and my cool yeah. car, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. the group of five guys that I was in a group at university doing applied finance with, th- three are retired. Uh, I are mean, they? Good on them. One owns a luggage shop and he he struggles it with me we, and, I, and I do cheese. But the other three, one worked at CBA and he hit it big. One set up geeks to You, uh, the first IT uh, home company, and, uh, and another one, we're not sure where he made his money.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> dodgy yeah but you'd be bored wouldn't you oh
1: very like they're bored they're, they're bored, very bored exactly and, um, exactly but I wouldn't trade this like no the, I can
0: see uh, you yeah. love it
1: yeah and the, and the, and the staff that I like, the, 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 I guess the most fulfilling thing for me is when, when staff learn so much from me and they, and they impart that knowledge onto customers as well and, and, and everybody grows together and um, you know through the last 10 years I've had you know, uh, say six staff members, key staff members who are now doing other interesting things in cheese as well. And, oh, fantastic. And fascinating. You know, they've yeah. come from university backgrounds like myself or, or wine backgrounds and, and they got the cheese bug off me. And and, and as you teach somebody, you, you learn as well because you, you need to read, you need to learn yeah, more so you can give them more information to, to learn too. And, mm. and you never stop learning. And, and the day you stop learning is a day, I guess, to, to retire and... And my plan is to hopefully by the time I'm uh, so have a proper shop by the time I'm 35, and then by the time I'm 40, have invested in a a small farm in in the Swiss Alps or the French Alps, and and, and do the transhumance of every every summer, uh, going there to make a cheese, and because those traditional cheeses uh, they're suffering the the EU um, through a lot of pressure of the big industrial. Um, players are changing a lot of those rules and regulations of a a lot of those amazing cheese, like Mm. Camembert is under risk. The amount of pressure from the industrial companies to change the rules of pure Camembert to allow Frisian milk when it used to be 90% Normandy milk um, is is huge. And and Comte as well, they're trying to make pasteurized Comte instead of raw milk. Mm. And these things affect affects traditional they affects young people who grow up in the alps who want to then move to the cities rather than the other way around mm. and yeah my quest is to you know have that in- incredible lifestyle of raising a family in a multilingual uh upbringing and and two locations and whether or not that happens it's comes down to attitude and, and motivation. Yeah, it so. totally
0: does. It's good to have um, the dream. That's what yeah. I have. I have them on the sticky notes. You need it. You need you vision. You need your little vision yeah. of what you want to try to get to. Yeah. Otherwise, you wonder why you're doing exactly. it some days.
1: exactly. And so,
0: with regards to wanting and yeah. like, you've got your stall there. We're looking over it now and your There's staff is so there. busy. You have had a constant lineup, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and you've got your cheeses that you're selling from the cabinet. You've yeah. got your raclette and your amazing toasties. Um, yes. And I'm coming back tomorrow to see the, yeah, uh, the chef from the yeah, Chef's seat
1: From Birch and purchase from um, yeah, chefs, eat chef's Eat Toasties too. Yeah. Uh,
0: and when you say proper shop, do yeah. you mean within this market or yeah, really within a this shop market, front uh, elsewhere? No, like what are you aiming uh, for So within that?
1: this market with a, um, a, a spot for, room? Yeah, yeah. yeah, proper maturation room. So we will use um, uh, water to statically chill the room. Yep. Because uh, fans are the devil uh, when it comes to cheese maturation. Airflow dries rinds which kills uh, flavour and, and microbiological development uh, the microflora of the cheese they, they need humidity um, so we're building a statically chilled room a little make room as well to, to be able to make butter um, oh, cool. and then a, just a, a counter in a, in a chilled environment where the cheese is in its most purest form mm. so um, will you
0: do a stall to the side for your rack yeah, and yeah, 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 oh, of course. Because people will be sad, I That's
1: think. That's it. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna, everything you can think of in, in, in cheese, You'll be this doing will it. hopefully, yeah. Awesome. And the staff are keen. The industry is is keen here. Um, uh, Brilliant. Chefs, local chefs, like up-and-comers like me at, uh, at my age uh, who are opening up really cool restaurants. Mm. We're going to work work together. So um, Awesome. It, it's fantastic. Like flavor… Flavor is king with whatever you do in food. If you don't have flavor, you're not going to survive. No. And I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you could get away with that. But now with what I call the MasterChef uh, phenomenon, where people are now talking about food in everyday, mm-hmm. you know. Totally they are. There's no longer things such as foodie. It's everybody's a foodie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are the extremes that just want to take a photo of, Everything that comes on their plate, without appreciating the the product. But everybody now is aware, and um, you know, organic shops make you aware of where your products come from. Biodynamic makes you aware of what happens to the soil and and the grass that grows, whatever it might be, products or what your animals eat. Mm. So. Important. It's important. It's a good time to be in, in food to educate oh, it's people. It's totally a good time, so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think
0: we're really blessed and lucky. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's the heyday of the hospitality industry. That's it. But you have to be passionate. There's yeah. no point just doing it because you think, oh, this is going to be a good no. business. No. You've got to be passionate about it because yeah. um, otherwise yeah. it's not a good business decision no. at all. No, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's a lifestyle decision. You should enjoy.
1: Like I love waking up at, at 5.30 to be here for 6.30, especially even in the winter. It's super cold, but I race to get here to get that person who might – want to have a fondue toasty in the morning for breakfast. Awesome. And it makes it worth it. If they, yeah. like, it's the toasties, uh, what gave us our name. And then those people realized the, the, I guess the retail side of things like friends in, in England at Nils Yard Dairy, they, uh, they challenged me. They said, no one's been able to do a retail and, and cafe thing yeah, really well. It's amazing. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting that balance. It's, it's the first six months were a struggle, um, a <laughs> huge struggle. We uh, did you wonder? I won. I did wonder. You I did I, wonder. I, I had one staff member. I had one raclette, one grilled cheese, and we we faced a lot of opposition from current vendors selling uh, cheese. And uh, okay, um, it. It was difficult. The market management here were fantastic and the rest of the traders were fantastic and I think we hosted a cheese festival here at the market and it drew 38,000 people and the previous year it only drew, I think it was an extra 600 people on the regular um, uh, days, tickers and I think those people in those other shops realised the true importance of having a, a dedicated shop with, with with someone just as passionate as as what my team are to to be here for the market. It's like the customers will come; they might not see something in our counter, and that means they can shop at that counter, or our food might bring them here, and then they might buy something from another shop. So we all have our our importance here in, mm. in, in the market, and um, to build it as
0: a whole community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And,
1: and we've had some things on the menu that that, that have worked and and haven't worked. Um, uh, I don't know in New Zealand if they, if you had sizzlers.
0: I know sizzlers yeah, from my, okay. Australia. So, yeah. Yes, so
1: sizzlers was uh, all you can eat. Yes, and they had this bread with cheese on it. It was steamed. Yes, bread <laughs> with crisp bread. cheese. Yes, uh, I figured it out. I figured out how to how to do it, and uh, it was one slice, and it was it was extremely addictive, but it was half the price of everything else. So, and and more filling and. As much as I wanted to do it, it wouldn't have been a good business sense, no. so no. We'll, we'll bring that out at events when people want something a little bit interesting, but yeah, um, good idea. every product on our menu, it has a story. Like the All-American is, is using cheeses from my time in Vermont, uh, the Pimento is from a very big night out in, in New York with a bunch of New Orleans cheesemakers. Uh, the fondue grills is using cheeses from Switzerland and France, yeah. from Marcel Petit and a particular Gruyère maker who I spend time with. The The raclette course is is homage to everything great about the Alps and the Reuben. I just wanted to blowtorch something. Um, <laughs> I never paid attention Excellent. in biology and chemistry at school. I used to always play with a Bunsen burner. So I thought, um, may as
0: well pick up that again.
1: Yeah, I just, I because I had to teach myself dairy science so that was punishment because I knew I should have I I was always an arts kid at school photography and 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 business admin and commerce I love those but science was I mean the teacher he was an ex-army sergeant we used to call him Sarge of course behind his back Uh, but he wore his hat Mr. Ferguson is his name and gosh he was he was a struggle (laughs) and that was it I guess I just wanted to make those little blue crystal jellies that we were able to make and then in the sulphur, the smell yeah, of the sulphur exactly. and put it in somebody else's locker. Difficult boy. Um, yeah, it was an all-boys school. <laughs> of course it was. It was a very interesting school. Um, but
0: Back each, on that subject yeah. of school and family, yeah. are your mum and dad now proud of you? Yeah. Do they get it mom, now?
1: Mum's co-workers are so annoyed by me because it's all they ever hear about. Is you now? Yeah, I've had ex-girlfriends in the past who can't handle talking to mum because <laughs> all she does is talk about this son that they feel like is not representative of. Of, of, who, of I, who
0: they're going out yeah, with. Yeah.
1: I, I don't understand that. Italian mamas though. You're going to yeah. have to find
0: an Italian wife. She's the only one who's <laughs> going to understand your relationship with your mum. You realise that, don't no, you? No, 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 no,
1: no. It's, it's good. <laughs> Are um, they still in New South Wales? Yeah, everybody's oh, still... in yeah. <laughs> we, we had the Truffle Festival here uh, uh, two weeks ago. They came down for that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Any chance they could get, they come, they come down. Oh, mum, fantastic. Mum fills the freezer with, with food and... I don't ask her too, she just does it. But um, I don't argue. Um, but they're proud, um, Dad, especially as well, that because uh, they were the first generation of their families to come here from from Southern Italy. Yeah. Um, like Dad's Dad, for example, who he he passed away three yeah three years ago. He passed away. Um, he sent uh, my grandma and my dad out here, and when Dad was five, and it wasn't until my dad was ten that they saw him again because uh, he needed the work in in, in Calabria. Um, like what Mussolini did down there towards the end of World War II and just stripped it of everything, mm. made it very difficult. And there was three ships at the start of the 60s, one heading to Argentina, one to America, one to Australia. Now, the town where my parents are both from, um, Grotteria, uh, 90% left to Australia, 10% went to America. Wow. Oh, no, sorry, 8% went to America, 2% went to Argentina. So, we got distant cousins around both the southern america north america and and, and italy Um, but it was just a real struggle for everybody so that first generational i guess mentality was to fight and and, and, and earn a a living so um, do the best you could to assimilate into the cultures of, of the country that adopted you and and then sacrifice i guess your life for your next generation and yeah and that's what my parents have done like mum didn't work while all of us kids were going through school until my younger sister was 18 so that was 30 odd years the best time of her life as a very talented chef to stay home to look after the kids so uh, that was tough because it was only one income that we were relying on and our Grocery bill every week was huge because mm. we always ate like that. Was one thing that they, my mum and dad have prided ourselves on was there was no rubbish, no takeaway. Every night was a different me- a meal from Karen Martini, from Toby Puttick. uh Who else does she always use? Good old Woman's Weekly. Gee, mm-hmm. some of those birthday cakes oh, uh, weren't they hilarious? Oh, I huh. think
0: if you grew up in Australia, you grew up with yeah. the best decorated birthday yeah. cakes. Oh hell
1: yeah! That little swimming pool was the ultimate.
0: Oh, the swimming the Ninja pool! Turtle, yeah,
1: no, yeah. oh, totally. they were cool, um, <laughs> yeah. I even
0: remember having a um, a it was probably a Barbie doll, but a doll lying in a bed, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, draped over yeah. um robe yeah. and the beautiful pillows. Yeah, and
1: I think every kid on their eighth birthday had the um the car track for the the yes. race cars. Yeah. yeah,
0: my kids and I've done that yeah. for my boys. Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Gotta uh, love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, got hey, a, yeah. we could
0: obviously talk for hours. Yeah. I love your passion about cheese. Thank I'm you. going to let you get back to your counter, which has yeah. been buzzing the entire time we've been sitting here. Uh, overloaded with customers, which is unreal. I'm so excited to come down to the raclette thing tomorrow. Thank I'll you. be super excited. And I'm just so thrilled to have met you. Same.
1: Thank oh,
0: you very I just much. wandered past and look where we're at. So yeah. thank you so much yeah, for your time. You. And I hope we cross paths again Definitely. somewhere over cheese yes. in the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank Thank well, you. Thank you. <laughs> The Fearless Kitchen Podcast. <laughs>